Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. The 100th Psalm. There is a, a word, and the word is antiphonal. And the word antiphonal is just a word that describes uh, an expression of the way that you might read or or say something. It was used in the Jewish temple worship. Uh, antiphonal means that someone speaks or reads something, and then others echo that and speak or read the same thing. So you're going back and forth, and it's called antiphonal. Uh, I would like us to read Psalm 100 antiphonally. If your version is not the same as mine, that's fine. You just have to listen and remember what I read. And I'm just going to go line by line. And after I've read a line, I would like you to repeat what I just said as a group out loud. All right? So if you would stand, we're going to read antiphonally from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. May be seated. The Lord is good. Do you believe that? We sang about it. We just read about it. The Lord is good. Do you believe it? And you know, in a way, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's still true. It's still true. It's better that you believe it. God is good. Today we're starting a new series. It's... uh, It's a November series. It's four messages. It's called a 30-day Thanksgiving journey. Four messages to help us focus on Thanksgiving, to prepare us for that um, holiday coming up toward the end of the month. I don't want us to just go through November with all the November things, and then when the 25th comes, boom, we hit a switch And we do Thanksgiving. 
I want us to be thinking and preparing throughout the month. So we're going to do a 30-day Thanksgiving journey. Some of us have already begun the 30-day journey. Uh, How many are doing the Thanksgiving reading? Every day, 30 readings. Excellent. How many have a container set up in your house and your family has started writing things they're thankful for and dropping them in? Excellent. If you haven't yet, you have time. Just find a container and put some slips of paper by it and a pencil or pen. And uh, family members, as the day goes on, if something's going on you're thanking God for, express it on that slip and put it in that container. And on Thanksgiving Day, when you gather as a family, take the container and read. Take all those out and read them one by one as a family. There are reading guides for what to read from Scripture still back there on the tall table. And uh, you only have seven days to catch up. So uh, you should be able to do that and then start with tomorrow the 8th. So that's what we're doing. We're, We're thinking about Thanksgiving all month in this series as we journey toward Thanksgiving Day. So let's pray, and then we'll uh, have our first uh, message. We thank you, God. It's been good already this morning. Thank you for letting us be here. And now, Father, I pray that you would remind us of important things. May these things that we're reminded of Lead us to be more thankful people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Charles Spurgeon said, I want to urge you, dear friends, to observe the goodness of God carefully for your soul's good. Tish Warren says, As busy, practical, hurried, and distracted people, we develop habits of inattention and miss those tiny epiphanies in our day. An epiphany is God revealing himself, revealing something about himself. And what she's saying is we are such busy, involved, distracted people that we miss so much that God is revealing to us during a a day. Dustin Crow says, As our lives center on God, gratitude grows. When self-focus sprouts and spreads, gratefulness withers. He says it's about your focus. This gratitude thing. It's about your focus. So today as we start the the series, what I want to do is I want to plant three things in your mind that I hope God will cause to stay with you the entire month. Three simple things. I want to just plant them and hopefully deeply in your minds. The first is, God is good, thank Him. Second, God is good, pay attention. 
And third, God is good. Taste and see. God is good. So thank him. Here in Psalm 100, we read that. Toward the end of verse 4, it says, Give thanks to him and praise his name. Why? For the Lord is good. God is good. Thank him. The psalmist keeps repeating that. Word for word. Psalm 106, verse 1. 106, 1. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. God is good. Give thanks. Repeated in Psalm 107, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 118, Psalm 118, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Verse 29, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. So Psalm is trying to get something across to us. God is good. Thank him. And Psalm 136. Psalm 136. And you can guess what it says. Verse 1, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let's just uh, quickly look at that statement. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. First of all, the psalmist is saying give something. That's an action verb, give. It's an expression. When you give, you're expressing something. And here it's thanks. And so the psalmist repeats over and over again, give thanks. Express yourself. Express thanks. Give it. Give thanks. In what direction? To whom? Well, give thanks to the Lord. He's the receiver. He's the one being given the thanks. Give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. There's the reason. He's good. That's why give thanks to him. Do you remember, and maybe you still use it, that's okay. The, the little prayer that some of us learned uh, as kids that we prayed as a family before a meal. God is great. God is good. And we thank him for this food. The statements in that are true. God is great. God is good. But here's the interesting thing. We call that a prayer. Where in the prayer are we giving thanks to God? We're making statements. God is great statement. God is good, statement. 
And we thank him for this food statement. Nowhere in there are we giving him thanks. Right? We are making statements that are true. Statements about God. He's great. He's good. Statement about us. And we thank him for this food, but we're not doing it. And then we say amen and dig in. But we're not giving thanks to God, right? We're just making statements. So maybe we should change that to a prayer. God, you are great. God, you are good. And God, right now, we give you thanks for this food. Amen. Let's dig in. You see the difference? The psalmist says, give thanks. Express it to the Lord. Say it to him. Why? For he is good. God is good. Thank him. Second, God is good. Pay attention. Why? Because you're missing a lot of it. A lot of the goodness. God is always present. The Bible teaches that. God is always working. Jesus said it. And God is always good. It's part of his character, and that never changes. He's always present. He's always working. He's always good. So we need to pay attention. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to keep looking. Because God's goodness is all around us. And we often miss it. Some people are more observant than other people. That's true in our marriage. I have to acknowledge that I'm not a very observant people person. And Janine is a very observant person. Janine sees things I don't see. And they're even right in front of me. But I don't notice them. Here's an example, and it has nothing to do with Janine. She doesn't even know this. A week ago Friday, I had a phone call. It wasn't from any of you, right? And so I was talking to this person in my office on the phone. And while I'm talking, I'm just kind of strolling around my office, get a little exercise while I'm talking on the phone. And it wasn't a real exciting conversation. And so I found myself thinking about other things as I'm talking. And a thought popped into my mind about a certain item that I wasn't seeing in my office at that point. And as I'm talking to this guy, I'm wondering where I set it down. Where, where is this item? And so while I'm talking to this 
person, I walk out of my office and I go to the computer room, the library, thinking maybe I left this item there. And so I'm talking to this person and I'm walking around the library looking for this item. It's not there. Must not have left it there. So while I'm talking to this person, I walk out of the library and I walk over to the kitchen counter thinking maybe I left that item on the counter. And while I'm talking to this person, I'm looking and it's not on the counter. So I decide, well, I'll look for it later. So I go back into my office still talking to this person. And I found the item I was looking for. You know what I was looking for? I hate to admit it. My phone. Really? This is the truth. I am walking around looking for where I left my phone while I'm holding it and talking to somebody. Talk about not paying attention. Talk about not being observant. And friends, we are like that a lot. We don't pay attention. We don't open our eyes. And because of it, I think most of us miss a lot of God's goodness every day. Every day. Because he's always good. He's always present. He's always working. But we don't pay attention. And we miss it. And if we miss him revealing his goodness, guess what? We don't thank him. In Psalm 23... Familiar psalm. I just want to remind you of something that David says right at the end of the psalm. Verse 6, Psalm 23, 6. He says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. What a picture. The goodness of God is following us. It's following us, friends. God is always there. And he's always good. His goodness is following us around. Are we paying attention? Are we seeing it? Are we acknowledging it so we can thank him for that goodness? Psalm 27. Psalm 27, 13. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The psalmist says that the goodness of the Lord is seeable. It's seeable. If you open your eyes, if you pay attention, if you look for it, the goodness of God is seeable. The psalmist says, I will see it in the land of the living. I will see his goodness. Because you can If you're looking, if you're paying attention. Psalm 31, 31, 19. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. Don't you like that? 
your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men. God's goodness is visible. God's goodness is seeable if we pay attention. And here is one of my favorite verses about the goodness of God. Psalm 65. Psalm 65. Verse 11. Now here's how it reads in in my Bible. But I'm going to take you through and define some words here for you. And then based on the definitions, I'm going to give you my paraphrase of this verse. 65.11. This is the way it reads. You crown the year with your bounty. And your carts overflow with abundance. Hmm. Interesting, but doesn't give me a thrill until I look up some words. It says, you crown the year with your bounty. Bounty is a good thing, right? If you look up the Hebrew word that's translated in this version, bounty, one of the synonyms for that word along with bounty is goodness. It's, it's one of the meanings of the Hebrew word here. So it could read, you crown the year with your goodness. You like that? God, you crown the year with your goodness. It talks about carts and your carts. If you look up that word, it means wagon, cart. But it also refers to more than just the wagon, the cart. The, the word means the cart path, the wagon path, or tracks. So the word is the idea of wagon tracks. Cart tracks. Back in that day, thinking of the geography, a lot of sand maybe in some areas. Can you picture that? Wagon tracks. Cart tracks. So you could read it. You crown the year with your goodness and your wagon tracks. It goes on, and you see the phrase, overflow with abundance. Overflow with abundance. The word for overflow literally means to drip with fatness. To drip with fatness. It's a word that was used to describe the fat dripping off the altar as an animal being sacrificed was burning and the fat running down and dripping off the altar, dripping with fatness. That's the word 
overflow. And the psalmist is saying, overflow with abundance. Let me read it this way. Here's my paraphrase. You have it there. If I take those meanings of the words, here's my paraphrase. You crown the year with your goodness, and your wagon tracks are dripping with evidence of that goodness. You see, the dripping of the fatness on the altar was evidence that someone was making a sacrifice. The dripping of the fat was evidence that somebody was worshiping. But here in this context, the psalmist is saying that the dripping of the fatness is the evidence of God's goodness. He crowns the year with his goodness. And the wagon tracks are just dripping. The tracks, the trail his goodness is leaving is dripping with a reminder of his goodness. You know, that's what's happening if you're doing the container in your home. As you go through these 30 days, every slip of paper in there, when you get to the end of the month, is evidence of God's goodness. It's the drippings of November 2021. It's the visual evidence of God being good. Just like the drippings on the wagon tracks. Some of you guys can understand this, try to illustrate it. It's like bacon grease. It's like bacon grease sitting there on the stovetop. It's like bacon grease puddling on the counter. The tracks, the evidence of bacon. Right? I may have already experienced the bacon. It's being digested. I still have that great taste in my mouth. And yet there are the tracks. The drippings of the fatness of that experience. That's what the psalmist is saying about the goodness of the Lord. He's saying, God, you you crown the year with your goodness. And your wagon tracks are dripping with visible reminders of that goodness. We've got to pay attention or we miss those drippings. We've got to open our eyes, friends, so that God gets more thanks. God is good. Pay attention. Now, sometimes it's hard to pay attention because we're going through bad things, hard things, tough things, things that will tempt us 
to let our minds move away from the goodness of God because it doesn't look good. But notice what Melissa Kruger says here, a quote from her book. The bedrock of our rejoicing isn't the goodness of our day, but the goodness of our God. Whether you can give thanks to God at the end of the day has nothing to do with the goodness or badness of your day. It has to do with the goodness of God, and he was good. That didn't change. So you can always give him thanks for his goodness. It's not dependent on the goodness of your day and how your day went. Let me just add this because we can all identify with this. If we focus too much on the badness of this world, we will miss out on the goodness of God. Focusing on the badness of this world will not lead you to thank God. But focusing on the goodness of God will lead you to thanking Him. So God is good. Thank Him. God is good. Pay attention. Third, God is good. Taste and see. Psalm 34. We have that invitation. Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you know if something is good if you don't taste it? Tasting is about personal experience, right? Somebody this morning when you're visiting might bring up the spaghetti supper last night, which was wonderful. Our youth, praise God for them. But you know, Some of us will tell you about how good that spaghetti sauce was. It was good. But how will you know if you weren't there to taste it? You just have our word for it. We'll tell you about our experience with that spaghetti sauce and how good it was. But if it wasn't your experience, how do you know it was good? To taste something is to personally experience it. And the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You need to personally experience it to see that it's good. Take a look at Romans Chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Verse 4. Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? Now, if you look up the Greek word, 
The definition says kindness, and the second definition is goodness. Kindness, goodness, same word. So I'm just going to use the word we're talking about today. Do you show contempt for the riches of his goodness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's goodness leads you toward repentance? That's something. Paul says God's goodness, along with some other things, leads you toward repentance. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't have a relationship with him, many of us can tell you how good it is. We can tell you how how wonderful the goodness of God is. We can tell you stories about the goodness of God. But until you taste it, you really won't know. Until it's a personal experience. And Paul says that starts with God's goodness moving you toward that place of repentance, of confessing and repenting of your sins and seeking God's forgiveness. That's when you begin to taste. And it's his goodness. You see, some people think that God is just chasing after them and he's got a whip or something, you know, and he's going to whip you into surrender. Paul says it's his goodness that is moving you toward repentance. I read a story about a young lady who pulled up an intersection. The light was red. As she's sitting there waiting for the light to turn, a big truck pulls up right behind her, really close. She looks in her rearview mirror, and there's a man in the cab uh, driving the truck. The light turns green, and she heads out. The truck heads out after her. Not really a surprise to her, but the closeness of how he was following was a big truck so close to her. She uh, went a few blocks, made a turn. The truck turned same direction behind her. Continued to follow closely. She's starting to get nervous. She makes another turn. The truck makes the same turn. Continues to follow closely. This happens for quite some time. Now she's not just feeling uncomfortable. She's feeling scared. What does this guy want? What's going on? And so finally, she speeds up on a, on a stretch of highway, and the truck speeds up, stays close. She sees a convenience store, and so she turns into the convenience store, parks her car, jumps out of the car, and runs into the convenience store. Sure enough, the truck turns off into the convenience store parking lot, right behind her car. And as she's running into the convenience store, the truck driver opens his door, jumps out. He goes to the young woman's car, opens the back door, pulls out a blanket and grabs a man that he saw hiding under that blanket 
at the stoplight. What she thought was a man who was chasing her for the wrong reasons was a man who stayed close and followed her to save her, to rescue her from harm. Friends, some of you who don't know Jesus need to know that he has been following you. He has been coming after you. Jesus said, the Father draws people. And you need to know that he's doing that out of his goodness. It's the goodness of God that is trying to move you toward repentance. One more scripture, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verses 2 and 3, 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. How did they taste that the Lord is good? Through their salvation. Friends, I would suggest to you that salvation is the first personal experience of God's goodness. Now, he's good to you before you ever follow him, but you're not going to recognize it. Maybe someday if you come to him, you'll look back and you'll be able to say, like many of us have, wow, the goodness of God was there way before I responded to him. But going by personal experience, salvation is really your first experience of his goodness. And I think that's what Peter is saying. Desire the spiritual milk of the word so that you can grow in your salvation. Now that you've tasted the goodness of God in salvation, there's more. Friends, God is good. If you don't know him, he is good. And right now, his goodness is following you, moving you toward repentance and his salvation. Stop thinking that he's after you with some bad motive. He's trying to rescue you. He's trying to save you from something that's bad. And that is the penalty of sin that separates you from him. He's coming after you, but it's out of goodness to save you. Don't get the wrong idea. Surrender. Seek his forgiveness. Surrender your life to him. Taste and see personally that the Lord is good. So as we begin the month, as we begin this series... May these three thoughts not leave your mind for the rest of this week. God is good. Thank Him. Don't just make statements about Him. Give thanks to Him because He's good. 
God is good. Pay attention. Open your eyes. Look around. You'll see the goodness of God. Even when your day is bad, he's good. There is something to thank him for. He's good. And God is good. Taste and see. If you don't know him, if you're still running from him, let him catch you. His goodness is moving you toward repentance and salvation. He is good. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your goodness. There are so many other things that are true of you, Father. The list is just so long. But right now, Lord, today, this moment, we thank you for your goodness. You are a good, good God. You are a good, good Father. Lord, help us to pay attention. Help us to see your goodness every day. Help us to see the wagon tracks that are just dripping with evidence of your goodness toward us. And may we, because of that, be thankful people. Not just thankful, but thankful enough to give you the thanks. And if there's someone here who doesn't know you, Father, I pray that you'll just keep coming after them with your goodness to save them, to rescue them with your salvation and your forgiveness. In the name of our Savior and Lord, Jesus, amen.